you. This is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. Cruise Radio Rewind. My name is Doug Parker. A mixed bag of questions today. I have a couple of weather-related questions. So to tackle those is Action News meteorologist Greg D. He'll be taking two questions there. Also, cruise line stocks. Wow. Talk about losing some money over the past seven days. Cruise industry analyst Stuart Sheeran from CruiseGuy.com stops by to tackle cruise line stocks. Also going to talk about the coronavirus hysteria that's made its way over to the Caribbean now. And whatever happened to those two ships over in Asia, Diamond Princess and Westerdam, Stuart has details on those. But first, we have Action News meteorologist Greg D. The first question comes from Debbie. What's the reason behind all the high winds this winter in the Gulf of Mexico and the Atlantic seaboard? Thanks, Doug. Uh, that's a really good question. We've seen a lot of wind across the Gulf, the Atlantic, and even the Caribbean uh, the last couple of weeks and really through the winter season. It really is tied to winter itself. During this time of year, the storm track shifts farther south, so you get frontal systems moving into places like South Florida or Cuba or maybe even down towards the Western Caribbean. That tends to bring a weather change and they could be accompanied by a lot of strong winds. Now, this pattern usually continues through March, but by the end of March and the beginning of April, the storm track does begin to drift north, so we see the winds return to more common, pleasant conditions as we head through spring. All right, Greg, we have one more for you. This is from David in Phoenix. My ship was delayed into Galveston last week because of fog. The captain touched on it briefly, and it being a certain type of fog. Are there different types? Doug, that question of fog has really been an interesting one this season. Uh, even here around the Tampa area, you've seen a lot of sea fog offshore, and that's what your listener is referring to. It's sea fog, and that is a type of fog that forms when warm air comes in and makes contact with cooler ocean waters. Now, as many of your listeners probably know, there's been very little snow across the northern and eastern United States this year, and that's mainly been tied to a lot of warm, humid air coming in out of the Caribbean up towards the eastern half of the United States. When that warm, humid air makes contact with cooler ocean waters, it can't hold as much water. A lot of that humidity, the moisture content, condenses out, and that creates the sea fog. It typically just hangs offshore unless the winds turn onshore. Then, similar to what you see in Southern California with the marine layer, also a type of sea fog, it can move in and lower visibilities and slow down sea, and in some cases, road traffic as well. Action News meteorologist Greg D. You can follow him on Twitter at Greg D. Weather. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Doug. And as always, if you have a question, drop me a line, Doug, at cruiseradio.net, or email me a voice memo. You can record it into your phone. Same email address, Doug at cruiseradio.net. All right, jumping over to cruise industry analyst Stuart Sheeran from cruiseguy.com. Hey, Stuart. Hey, Doug. Great to speak with you. A lot to tackle today. Let's first start with the Westerdam, one of the Holland America ships that had a was it a scare or was it a real incident? Well, it was it was more of a scare, Doug. Uh, unfortunately, one passenger that had disembarked the ship a few days later had flown from Cambodia to Malaysia and was preparing to get on a flight home. Uh, somehow, you know, triggered a thermal sensor. They did a test, and they they believed that they had a confirmed case of coronavirus. Um, after additional testing, uh, and days later. It was determined that it was a false positive, so essentially um, it, was, it may have been a, a tainted test, and she, along with her husband and the other passengers and crew on board, uh, were negative, and uh, you know, she was allowed to uh, 
proceed home. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the ship was denied boarding uh, or, or docking in those other ports. And I think what's important that a lot of people don't understand is why the ship was um, refused docking. And it had nothing to do with the coronavirus or any confirmed cases on the ship. It was simply the ship had, had left, uh, I believe it was February the 1st, and the new procedures about uh, denying boarding to people that have been to or have passports from Hong Kong, China, and Macau were on board the ship because uh, the ship had allowed passengers on in Hong Kong as, as it was scheduled. So once the new procedures came out and coronavirus spreading, um, especially with the cases on the Diamond Princess increasing, uh, those other ports uh, denied arrival of the Westerdam until Cambodia thankfully allowed them to uh, dock and uh, get those passengers tested and, and off the ship. Okay, so what's next for Westerdam? It's a good question. Uh, I believe that uh, the ship canceled a couple of sailings, and now that uh, you know, there, there's, I don't know what they're going to do yet with uh, the the next sailing. I don't think they've they've released how far out they're canceling the sailings. But uh, you know, after the you know the the U.S. Uh, go- you know State Department has warned you know passengers, especially U.S. passengers, from sailing in Southeast Asia. You know, I think this is going to going to essentially follow suit with a lot of the other ships that have either canceled uh, future sailings and it may get redeployed to another region for the time being. Now, let's go over to Diamond Princess. This was a total crap show. I mean, there was it started with a couple of cases, then it got to like 700. What's the status of the ship now, and what's next for Diamond Princess? Well, right now, all, all that's remaining are, are the crew, and testing is, is currently going on. So at some point, they're going to have to remove uh, the crew and uh, right now they have proposals out to um, give the ship a deep cleaning, which will include replacing all of the mattresses and uh, many other um, items uh, on board the ship. They do have a scheduled date to get the ship back into service um, of April 29th. So we're talking, you know, essentially two months from now, Princess is hoping that Diamond Princess will be ready to sail again. But uh, they are planning uh, a very extensive deep clean of the ship. What kind of process is this deep clean and sanitized? Like, are we talking a week or longer? No, it's, it's, it's going to be longer. I mean, you know, right now, uh, essentially, you know, the, we're talking two months from now, this is going to be an extensive process that uh, I think will take more than a month to deal with. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot to do. This is a, a very large ship. And uh, they've, they've got a big job out of them. Unrelated, but wasn't Diamond Princess built in Japan? Diamond Princess and Sapphire Princess were both built uh, there at the Mitsubishi Yards in Japan, um, which is one of the reasons that uh, the ship is so well-liked is, is because it was home-built. And taking things a little closer to home here, it looks like we have a little bit of coronavirus Caribbean hysteria. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's very unfortunate that... Uh, and I guess, you know, not only is it unfortunate, but it's uh, it's very disappointing because um, uh, MSC's Maravilla was um, refused um, uh, entry into uh, Ocho Rios, Jamaica. And then, um, and then you know, Georgetown Grand Cayman followed suit. Essentially what happened was uh, there was one crew member on board the ship on Maravilla that had the flu. So... Common protocol is uh, for the cruise ships as they approach each port, they are to report any illnesses on board and provide um, all relevant information to local authorities. Unfortunately, Jamaica jumped the gun 
and um, you know figured it was coronavirus when it was just the common flu. And then without seeing any paperwork, um, Grant Cameron said, hey, you know, if Jamaica denied it, then uh, we're going to deny their arrival as well. So unfortunately, the, you know, the ship, the passengers on board missed both, both ports. At this point, uh, there are no reported cases um, on board this ship, nor of any in the MSC fleet. The past couple of days, I've seen all kinds of stories like cruise ship turned away because of coronavirus. Is the media embellishing this? I mean, this is something that uh, is is fueling headlines. And, uh, you know, there's people that are are very, uh, uh, you know, let's say there's a lot of concerned people. There are people that that are going on on cruises um, in the very near future. And they're wondering, you know, look, uh, you know, could this ship have uh, been, you know, stuck in quarantine? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, based on a mistake. And it's just, unfortunately, nothing like this has ever happened in the world, yeah. for that matter. And it, there's a lot of trial and error going on as policies are being adjusted, um, you know, procedures are being adjusted or, or created and, and then enacted um, on board these ships. You know, I just came off a ship 10 days ago, and it was, it was a wonderful um, experience. It was very consistent with um, other cruises I've been on, based on available information today, I would still have no problem getting on a non-Southeast Asia uh, cruise, mm-hmm. whether it's um, going to, you know, planning to go to Alaska or Hawaii or the Caribbean, the Panama Canal, Europe. Um, I'd still be very comfortable going on cruises to these regions. The cruise lines are doing a lot to protect the, the passengers, um, especially at boarding. Um, I noticed brand new questionnaires um, asking um, whether or not you've personally visited China, Hong Kong, or Macau, or come in contact with someone from there within the last 14 days. Um, they have thermal scanners there that are taking uh, people's body temperatures, and people are subject to secondary medical screening where they could be denied boarding um, based on, on their current medical condition. The cruise lines are not taking chances. Um, with passenger nor ship safety, and I mean this is this is something that they're taking very seriously. Um, but you know, unfortunately, you know the the news loves the headlines. They 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 love the attention. These are great stories. These are big, um, amazing ships that uh, you know provide uh, terrific backdrops. But I, I think for the most part, Doug, there's a lot of there's a lot of outlets that that are taking this seriously and trying to provide. Um, objective perspectives. And I I think there's a lot of consumers that are watching, listening, and reading um, and just wondering, I mean, is it safe to go? And I can tell you, based on current available information, um, the non-Southeast Asia sailings um, are, are safe to travel on. Let's talk about cruise line stocks. One month ago, Carnival Corporation was at 46, NCL was at 56, and Royal Caribbean was at 130. And right now, Carnival sits at 33, NCL 36, and Royal Caribbean at 83. Is this stemming from coronavirus? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's entirely. I mean, you have cruise lines that are providing constant updates. You know, Royal Caribbean, I think, just adjusted um, their projection from $0.65 cents to $0.90 cents per share um, as far as an estimated impact uh, to a coronavirus. You know, they're dealing with, you know, modify, you know they're modifying a lot of different itineraries. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty, uh, you know, going on, especially in Asia and in other places and currently possibly 
Italy and, you know, how is this, you know, going to impact, you know, bookings, you know, um, you know, our passengers are going to continue to, to book, you know, what about the current demand for cruises? You know, then you've got travel restrictions and, you know, cancellations and, you know, what about, you know, ports that, uh, uh, or destinations that are, are, you know, maybe rejecting, you know, cruise ship arrivals. Um, it's, it's a, it's an interesting time, but, you know, I, I read, I think, you know, one analyst, had said, you know, after Costa Concordia, the cruise lines, um, you know, were down to um, nine, you know, essentially nine times or eight times uh, forward earnings after Costa Concordia, and and right now, um, you know, the cruise the, the cruise stocks are are higher than that. So um, it certainly hasn't reached, um, you know, Costa Concordia levels. I certainly don't think it's it's hit. Any, obviously, nowhere near. You know what happened in 9/11, but it's just you know right now there's there's been a slowdown in in booking simply because I, I believe people are just caught up in in the news cycles, they're watching what's going on, and then you know hoping that you know this kind of subsides, and then they'll you know re reinitiate their 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 travel plans. This isn't just cruise industry wide. This is this is happening, you know, across the entire travel industry, airlines, hotels. Um, are, are all in this along with the cruise lines, and uh, it's it's unfortunate, but I, I think that um, you know cooler heads will prevail as they always have. The cruise industry is very resilient, and and will bounce back um, hopefully in in short order. We're at fifty two week lows for all of these stocks, pretty much. Is it a buyer's market? Could be, and uh, either now or within the next weeks. It all depends on how long the reported cases continue to rise, or you know, hopefully, you know, begin to subside. How much control do the cruise lines have on their prices? Like, is there a safety valve in case it gets too low? It's always a, it's a buyer's market. Sometimes it's a seller's market, but they're not going to you know have the knee jerk reactions that were experienced after after 911 so i believe the the pricing they're going they're going to hold it uh, as close to where it is now as they as they can waiting for that surge in new bookings that will inevitably come i mean after 911 Doug, you you'll remember it was it was you know it was just a question of um, at what price uh, do you feel your personal safety is uh, is, is is okay <laughs> so you right. may not have um, been Safe, feeling safe at uh, twelve ninety nine, but when the price may have dropped to four ninety nine, you felt it was it was okay to go ahead and and give it a shot. I, I don't think we're anywhere near that type of a situation. There's a, a great deal of confidence in the cruise industry. The brands are are holding well, and I, I believe that this uh, hopefully will you know just be a uh, uh, a, a short-term uh, impact. You know, in a lot of cases, Doug, I feel safer on a cruise ship than in a lot of places, mm-hmm. considering protocols that that are enacted and and how far the cruise lines go to protect the the passengers and crew. I want to break this down because just for my own clarification and understanding of this. So last Friday, Carnival was at $41. News got out and people basically, they were scared and they started selling off their Carnival stock and that makes it drop basically $10 almost. Yeah. People react differently and and some people panic and just want to you know they, they want to buy and sell i mean there could be a lot of day traders and so there's, there's a myriad of reasons but the bottom line is that uh, what goes down has to go up all right thanks for the clarification cruise industry analyst Stuart Chiron, found at cruiseguy.com or you can follow him on twitter at cruiseguy thank you Stuart. 
My pleasure, Doug. Also, don't forget about Cruise Radio Rewind, our daily quick hits of the news. You can find it just opposite of this podcast. Search Cruise Radio News. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Take care. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So... At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.